Hi friends, this is Japheth. Whether you're around the corner or across the world, welcome to The Daily Walk. I want you to take a moment today to pause in Jesus and see what new thing could take place in your life. At the end of this podcast, you can download our app, Boulder Church, or visit us online at boulder.church to connect. And remember, we would love to hear from you as we prepare for our messages every Saturday morning on The Daily Walk. Good morning. It is Wednesday, October 10. Welcome to Daily Walk. I am Becky de Oliveira. And I'm Javid de Oliveira. And uh, let me pray uh, for today. Heavenly Father, it is a, a wonderful day. And uh, I ask God for a blessing today, middle of the week. Uh, so much that's happened so far and so much that's still yet to happen. I ask, Lord, for strength, uh, for courage, for uh, for your beauty and presence in our lives, with our families, with uh, our communities, with our work, with the projects that we're in the middle of. Um, with all the initiatives that we have, uh, may we feel that your will is in line with them. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are back to the English Standard Version today, yes. reading Romans chapter 11, the whole of the chapter, that's verses 1 through 36. First subtitle, The Remnant of Israel. I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means. For I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah, how he appeals to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets, they have demolished your altars, and I alone am left and they seek my life. But what is God's reply to him? I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. But if, if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. What then? Israel failed to obtain what it was seeking. The elect obtained it, but the rest were hardened. As it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that would not see and ears that would not hear, down to this very day. And David says, Let their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a retribution for them. Let their eyes be darkened so they cannot see and bend their backs forever. Subtitle, Gentiles Grafted In. So I asked, did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means. Rather, through their trespass, salvation has come to the... Ooh, I got my pages messed up. <laughs> Gentiles, so as to make Israel jealous. Now, if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? Now I'm speaking to you, Gentiles. Inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? If the dough offered as first fruits is holy, so is the whole lump, and if the root is holy, so are the branches. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches. If you are, remember it is not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. Then you will say, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand fast through faith. So do not be proud, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God, severity toward those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you provided, to, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise you too will be cut off. And even they, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in, 
for God has the power to graft them in again. For if you were cut off, for if you were cut from what is by nature a wild olive tree and grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the natural branches, be grafted back into their own olive tree? Subtitle The Mystery of Israel's Salvation. Lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel upon the full, until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved, as it is written. The Deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob, and this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. As regards the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But as regards election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For just as you were at one time disobedient to God, but have now but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, so they too have now been disobedient in, in order that by the mercy shown to you, they also may now receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience, that he may have mercy on all. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, our question for today, then Wednesday, is this. Um, it is easy for us to be critical of the failure of Judaism to recognize the truth about Jesus. But is it possible that there are still areas of my life in which Jesus is waiting for me to grow? And what does the consideration uh, do to my criticisms of Israel or anyone else? What holds me back from extending grace to others? I thought mm. that's, a, that's, a, that's a good question. Good series of questions, actually. Well, uh, I mean, I don't feel critical of Judaism for not recognizing the truth about Jesus. I mean, well, I, I you, know that that is something that people are... I don't personally feel that way. Yeah. I feel like people get what they get. Well, you know, if you something know, is not evident the, the to you, then it's the not. The understanding is that the, the build-up of uh, the hatred towards them during World War II was, came out of, uh, um, from Luther, from the time of Luther. Well, yeah. And I yeah. mean, that's one thing that, you know, I've found always a bit distasteful about Christianity is that idea of, you know, kind of villages whipping themselves up into a frenzy about yeah. You know, the crucifixion or whatever and going and taking it out on people yeah. who had nothing to do with it. And yet and yet I wouldn't say that and I think that's actually the the detriment of of people, the perspective, right, of people who've actually destroyed what Christianity was, because that was never the message of right. Christianity. But, oh, absolutely. But um but people who took it onto their own thing because as it says here in Romans eleven, God has never rejected them, not pushed them away. Yeah, um, I just wanted to make it clear yeah. I don't have any feeling about Judaism. Um, and of course, I think, yeah, there are lots of areas of my life, anybody's life, where growth is It is, it is interesting, though, because I've possible. heard many sermons. Mm -hmm. I've heard many sermons where it talks about how, you know, man, these people, they rejected Jesus and, yeah. they, and they, you know, they crucified him and they talk about the Jews. And how could they have not understood when they had all the right, clues and right, everything? It's like, well, right. I mean... Yeah, apply and that so to yourself. So that's why I think Don's question is really it good. It is a really good question. That, that he's asking us now, well, is it possible then that there's areas in our own life where we we ourselves, you know, struggle with this? Well, the thing is you never can see your own blind spot. Yeah. So whatever. I was having a conversation with this about, um, with a friend just a couple of weeks ago where we were talking about 
someone else um, that we know who has this massive blind spot around an area. And we were both laughing, thinking, like, what Uh is ours? Like, Uh you know, you can very easily see what other people's are. But, of course, you don't know what yours is. That is what makes it a blind spot. A perfect blind spot, yes. You know? Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I would assume that, yes, I do have them. And I would also assume that I don't know what they are. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, well, let me point them all out to you now. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I I think the the last one here, I mean, there's obviously, they're all great questions, but I really like this last one here. What holds me back from extending grace to others? Um, I really think that that people don't extend grace to others because they don't really want to accept grace themselves. Hmm, I wonder. Or I wonder if it's just that it feels so risky to us to admit that we're not right about things you know you kind of stake your ego and your entire self-image on your having made correct decisions having and I think the older you are I mean, you know this is why old people get a lot of stick for being kind of rigid I think you're just more invested in having mm. lived a life in which you've done the right things you have to look back because it's too painful to kind of think, well, you know what, actually I kind of screwed up. I should have done things differently or I, I was wrong about things. Yeah. Um, I think that is a threat to our egos. Yeah. I mean, there's a great story told, right, in the Bible about the guy who got forgiven like lots, right? Mm-hmm. So he got a lot of grace extended to him and then he went after that one person who owed him yes, like nothing, right? exactly. And so that, that story illustrates how that person received a lot of grace and then extended no grace to somebody well, else. Well, I mean, what I come to all the time, the thing that's really difficult is, um, is it okay for me to fail to extend grace to somebody who fails to extend grace? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because that, that's often... Well, yes, but, or, you know, to be judgmental against someone who is being judgmental. At what point are you protecting other people in your <laughs> lash? You know what I mean? Because otherwise... Oh, sorry, I you were like... I'm not going to extend grace to them so that you can protect people from them. <laughs> no, well, I, I kind of do mean that. That sometimes, oh, okay. like say in a church context, you uh, could have you could uh, have a person or I, we have had this situation uh, happen. You can have somebody come to your church and they start bullying everybody yeah, yeah, in the church. Yeah. So then, what do we have to do? Yeah. We have to kind of bully them in order yeah. to get them to not bully other people. But in doing that, we're being judgmental against them. And so my issue is always: can you be judgmental? towards somebody who was being judgmental to stop them. Uh, um, yes. It just, <laughs> you know. You know, it's funny, it's funny you say that because uh, on Tuesday, uh, a, week, a week back, um, the our elders board at Boulder Church, we, we had a good long discussion on defining terms that we use when we describe, you know, when we describe, you know, what is fellowship, what is membership, what is partnership, what is leadership, all this Ooh, kind of all stuff. All the ships. All the, sh- <laughs> mm, yes, yes, all the, uh, yes, all the ships. All yes, the ships. Yes, I'm glad you said ships. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> and, uh, and so we were discussing all of those and uh, it's interesting because, you know, the, we all have different perspectives on that and we, we haven't concluded yet where we're going to land on that which is a really great process to go through that but but it's a it's it's a it's a perspective that we all bring to the table about how do we how do we embrace people and uh, and then what's the theology underneath that because sometimes we have a lot of policies in place oh yeah um, and I, i've always find these issues hilarious given that it's not as if most churches ours included have such a lineup of people just banging down our doors to you know become members that 
Yeah. It, it feels funny to me always to, yeah. to think of all these ways in which we're going to stop yeah. people from yeah. joining. Like, hey, yeah. it'd be pretty great if that many people really wanted to. Yeah. You know? Well, in our case, we actually do have that problem. Well, and we, so have we, some, we have I don't know that we, we have, have a queue of 50,000 people waiting. No, not 50,000. About, 30, about 49,000. So our, our situation is that we, we have that kind of like dilemma of... Um, I think, hey, if somebody wants to be associated with us, great. Come on in. But that's my perspective. I don't have, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not a big believer in having, I don't know, I don't know, criteria, I suppose. Well, and, that, and I think the, the will, the wanting, if somebody wants to say that they're part of something, hey, great, you're yeah. part of it. I think the difficulty is that, um, is that I, I shared this, I shared this with the leadership um, that uh, there was, there's one, there's one, uh, one group actually that that I actually say that they can't actually be at Boulder Church, um, and I shared with them that uh, whenever a pedophile comes to church, I actually have to sit down with them, and I've done this all the time at church, and I've said to them, "Hey, you can't actually attend." Well, that's because they can't be within a certain range of children, and we can't banish and all the children. It's because of our that building be... facilities that we don't have the circumstances of that, and so it's it, and so I say to them, "Hey, I'll meet with you." I'll actually help you find a church. I will actually study with you. I'll look after you. I'll be your pastor. But our physical building doesn't has too many spaces that it's not safe. And it's because the theology that I have, that I understand the Bible talks about, is that we are responsible for taking care of those who are weaker, those who are smaller, those who are fragile, and the children are, yeah, are that I, way. Well, I agree so with that. I think that there are criteria that we're wrestling on that we actually do have to, and this is why it's so complex and uh but yeah, so anyway, our time is well past that. So hey, here we go. Um, it's uh, it's easy for us to be critical of the failure of Judaism to recognize the truth about Jesus. But is it possible that there are still areas of my life in which Jesus is waiting for me to grow? What does that con- uh, consideration do to my criticisms of Israel to anyone else? And what holds me back from extending grace to others? Um, look at that. Look after each other. Live love uh, and look after each other. We'll connect tomorrow. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Daily Walk podcast today. Hey, if you remember, if you have any questions, reach out to us online at boulder.church. And if you can help support us, please feel free to give online at boulder.church forward slash give. Until next time, look after each other and live love.